Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates all of the good stuff going on out there and all of the good people who are making that good stuff happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and I'm so very glad that you have tuned in today. How are we feeling about these weekly episodes? I, for one, am loving them. I hope you've had a great week. And, you know, I don't know if you ever do this or have done this, but I try to remember to, at the end of a week, look back and name some things that made me happy during that week or the people who made me happy. And and also, uh, before I fall asleep, I like to list at least five things that I'm grateful for. I do highly recommend either of these or both of these, uh, but um, I'd like to share with you my little list from this week. I have a a top five, if you will, and (laughs) I'm going to share them with you. The top five things that made me happy this week, getting to watch my niece, Rebecca, be honored during a senior appreciation night before her swim meet, playing in the snow with Hazel, an old-fashioned sleepover with an old and dear friend, getting my car washed, and TJ Watt, linebacker for our Pittsburgh Steelers, being named the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year. Those are the five that stood out to me this week. As I said, if you you mean to do it and don't or haven't given it a shot, you probably will come up with more than five. But don't edit yourself. Just start writing things down. It'll do your heart and your mind good. And hey, what do we have coming up in this episode? Let me tell you about it. It's some good stuff, that's for sure. You'll be hearing from Cami Coach, founder of Voluntots. You may remember her from episode 16, way back when. Uh, and Voluntots is the organization, of course, that provides volunteer opportunities for kids, for your little ones. And uh, this February marks their first birthday. And Cami wanted to come on and share updates. And I said, oh my goodness, of course, please do that. So we're going to get to hear all of the great stuff that they've been up to during this past year. And then former TV reporter, journalist, author, Kelly Brennan, and I had a really wonderful chat about how she and her new book, Caroline's Infusion Day, are helping so many families, not just in the Pittsburgh area, but across the country. Cannot wait for you to hear from her. And Don, oh, good old Don, he's back for another round of Name That Neighborhood. That is quite a lineup, I'd say. So let's get to it, shall we? Let's get to the good stuff. Okay, Hello. My yeah. gosh. Happy anniversary. First, let's say happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yes. my gosh. You were the first interview I did for this small little <laughs> fledgling thing. 
Oh my this, gosh. This Voluntots. And then the floodgates opened. <laughs> what? They sure did. Where should we start? I mean, you know, if you want to tell us what's been going on in the last year. Yeah. Well, so I think we're now at 1700 in the Facebook group. <laughs> See, so over the summer, we did some really great um, partnerships with Millville Community Gardens and Hilltop Community Gardens. Uh, where we pick produce for their um, for their for community distribution, uh, we learned about different types of fruits and vegetables. We learned about pollinators. We did some really wonderful tyke hikes with Venture Outdoors, where we picked up trash and then we did a craft. Um, and then we did Christmas in July for Jeremiah's place, and Elsa came and visited <gasps> us because it was Christmas, you know. Trying to, oh my, yes. Trying to make it wintry. Um, so Elsa had heard of the these good deeds that these tots were doing in the land of Pittsburgh. So she came. So what we've kind of realized now that we have about a year under our belts is that um, people love baggies. So we have done some variation of baggy packing. It's actually at this point kind of a running joke because... Um, between you and me and the good people who are listening, I cannot stand <laughs> baggies. <laughs> um, it's just, I mean, it's such a great activity for the kids. It's very easy. It's repetitive. Um, you do like a lot of really concrete good. And so don't get me wrong, that part I love of it. But just it t- baggy packing events take over um, the entire downstairs of my house. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, yes. We we did for Christmas in July. We did um, care baggies for Jeremiah's place. Which, if people are not familiar with Jeremiah's place, it's a wonderful resource, especially during the pandemic. So we did. So when a child comes to Jeremiah's place, they get one of these care baggies. And so the Penguins Foundation generously donated some. You know, those like drawstring backpacks that everyone. Yeah. Has. Yeah. So we we uh, Penguin the Penguins Foundation generously donated. I think we got 200 of those from them. So yeah, that was July. And then we just kind of kept rolling. Um, um, In November, we did, we packed Thanksgiving food boxes for the Lighthouse Foundation up here, up in, up in my neck of the woods, up in the north. Mm -hmm. And we ended up doing 200 of those. And that was fantastic. Um, And also in November, so we have been really fortunate we've been really well received in you know the Pittsburgh community and we had a lot of people saying this is wonderful how can my eight-year-old get involved how can my 10-year-old get involved and we were kind of like well you know when someone's asking to help you never want to be like oh you can't um (laughs) right usually no that's (laughs) um so we saw another need and in November we became um, in addition to Voluntots, we became Voluntikes. Voluntikes! Yeah. <laughs> so Voluntikes is for kids in grades one through five. Um, so for that November event, for that food packing event, um, we, we ran all day. So the Tots came in in the morning and um, they organized all the foods. So they put the mac and cheese over here and the stuffing boxes here and the, the green beans over here. And then um, the tykes came through for two different shifts. And so the tykes were just able to walk around the room and, 
you know, get one of each item and then, okay, put the box over here, do it again. We had two hour shifts for each of these um, activities. So the first shift did packed 100 boxes and I think like 43 minutes. And then the second group came in and did it in 41 minutes. So we were (laughs) like, oh, cool. (laughs) So we were hoping to do maybe a different location for 2022. You know, in addition to the North, we're hoping to maybe uh, be able to rent our own truck. You know, we're thinking about ways that we can go bigger. I just, it was, I mean, it's always great to talk to you, but I do, I remember our, our talk. I, first of all, I can't believe it's almost a year. Like, that's crazy. I know. How, even at that point, how excited you were and how it was starting to grow. Like, already you were, you know, I remember being like, um, so I started the Facebook page and now it's even more than <laughs> I thought. And now, yeah, talking to you again and how it just continues and now to have volunteer. Oh my gosh. From the time that, you said, yeah, let's, let's chat to the time we actually did the interview. I think I was like, oh yeah, we got like 200 more people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now look at it. Oh my, I love it. I love it. Oh, so now for listeners who maybe are new or just want to be reminded to get involved, to learn more, to help, whatever it is, where should they go? So we are still we still have our good old fashioned Facebook page, which is Voluntots of Southwestern Pennsylvania. So we, the other thing is that we had started Voluntots of Pittsburgh and then people in Westmoreland County and people in um, Beaver County and people in, you know, surrounding areas are like, well, what about us? And I'm like, oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so then we, our first rebranding was to Voluntots of Southwestern Pennsylvania. So um, you can search Voluntots of Southwestern Pennsylvania, Voluntikes of Southwestern Pennsylvania. They both have their own uh, Facebook groups. Voluntots is bigger um, because it's been around longer. And when we talk about stuff, we talk about Voluntikes. Um, And that's kind of, so we're working on our 501c3. It should be here literally any day. And so the actual, our like brand name is Voluntots. So when people search, they search Voluntots. Um, if your kid is in grades one through five and you would like to join the Voluntots group, you'd like to join the Voluntikes group, either one is cool. Honestly, we post the exact same thing in every group. Mm-hmm. But we also have a beautiful website, but we are still getting used to that. We are we are, we are working on keeping um, the website up to date. Um, we also have an Instagram uh, Voluntots SWPA or Voluntikes SWPA. So lots of ways to, you know, like us, follow us, keep, keep in the loop. Yes. And obviously it's working because people keep joining and people, right? So right. It's, you're mm-hmm. getting, you're definitely getting to people. Yes. And I, I have, you know, my Voluntots um, apparel and there have been days that people have been like, oh, Voluntots, are you Cammy? And I'm like, yes, I am. You know, thank you. It's so wonderful to meet you. And those are always the days that I feel like my kids are like totally acting out. And I'm like, oh God, I cannot like yell at my children in this Voluntots apparel because someone's gonna go home and be like the volantots lady (laughs) her kids (laughs) let me tell you what i saw so i'm like oh god keep it together you are the face of volantots that's right (laughs) yes it's a whole nother yeah the pressure 
Oh yep. my gosh. This is so it's so just it's so good to get to talk to you again and to get to share all of this. Yeah, it's it literally feels like it was like four months ago that we like had the yeah. whole like so Cammy, tell you tell me about yourself. I and know. I you you broke the news that I'm from Cleveland. I did. I did. You had that scoop. I know. Now, okay, mention it again just for anyone who forgot. But it's fine. It's because we're welcoming here. We're welcoming everyone. <laughs> and we're there, throwing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? Up? Yeah. So, Tell us. Um, <laughs> so, in addition to being the February, you know, is the month of Voluntat's founding, but it's also, so what we're doing is um, we're calling it our month of love and we're looking at different ways that you can express love. So our first step, so Voluntat's, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So Voluntat's is divided into North, South, East, West, and Central. And there's steering committee members for each of these regions. Side note, there are no steering committee members in the West, and there's only one in the South. So if you're interested, Ah. if you you live in Bridgeville or, um, goodness, clearly I'm in the North because I'm like, uh, (laughs) what else is in the South? South. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Peters Township, Upper St. Clair, or if you're in the West, if you're in Robinson, if you're in the West End, if you're in Moon, Please reach out to us at voluntotspgh at gmail.com. If you are even slightly interested in getting involved in the steering committee, we would be happy to give you more information about what that would entail. Um, because the poor, the poor West is so neglected because, as, as we know, Pittsburghers are not very well inclined to cross a bridge. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> so we just don't have events in the west which i feel terrible about but at the same time i feel as if i am don't tell my mom i said this an assimilated pittsburgher so i'm not gonna cross a bridge (laughs) (laughs) yes when in rome as they say you have that's a big yeah that's a top 10 right there (laughs) i don't know if you're a pittsburgher that's it it's in there um so so our first kind of you know is how to show love is we're showing love your region so each region steering committee members have put something together. Um, I know that the North and the South are both collecting for local uh, little free libraries. So Mm. gently used, you know, if you need to do, if you want to do some spring cleaning, do a little kids book purge, you know, let us know. We have a list of all of the, all the little free libraries in the area. And then our next layer level, whatever you want to call it, is um, Love Your City. So on February 12th from 1030 to 1230 at Fun Slides Carpet Skate Park, obviously in the north, um, <laughs> we <laughs> are throwing a birthday party for Volantots. And it's going to be, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating when I say it is probably going to be the party of the decade. We have um, some characters coming if you so we have characters for um every age group we have um baby yoda is coming and so is jj from coco melon so if you have <laughs> if you have a 10 year old if you have a two-year-old we have a character that your kid is going to get excited about um we've invited some of our uh friends from achieve early intervention uh bethany christian services venture outdoors 
Um, Sandy Mancini from uh, the Loft Creative Play will be there. Mad Science is coming. Um, Foster mm. Love Project is coming. And we have cupcakes because, you know, who doesn't? Cup- I mean, Good. cupcakes are for everyone. It's a birthday party. We can't have yeah. a birthday party without cupcakes. I mean. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then the last level of that is love your world. So we are teaming yeah. up with um, Hello Neighbor, um, yeah. which is a wonderful. And Pittsburgh really has some really fantastic nonprofits, like local. I know. I, know. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, duh, that's why I do, <laughs> that's why I started this. Welcome to the show. No, I'm kidding. No, but I know, but that's the same. I say that so often as a, like, I, uh, it's just incredible. Again, hello neighbor. Yes. They're awesome. Yep. So we, so um, I don't know, again, I don't know if the listeners are familiar, but a lot of, a lot of Afghani refugees are coming in and um, they are getting people settled settled into their homes and so they have children who are coming from uh warmer weather climates and it is obviously the dead of winter and so when children you know step off the plane they don't have any scarves gloves hats none of it so we're doing um a gently used warm clothing drive for the month for like our love your world for the end of february and then so the kids will be sorting um, those warm clothes and that will be uh, and we're trying to figure out um, kind of like a little presentation about you know trying to think more globally you know where some of these families are coming from so that's gonna that's also gonna be a really really cool event oh I love that yeah it's so wonderful if we can spark someone's interest and someone's passion when they're four and in 20 years they come back and they say I'm you know, getting my master's degree in teaching and think, you know, then we won't see the, we probably won't see that kind of payoff, obviously, <laughs> for 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But we see the kid, it, it makes the kids so happy. Honestly, it's been great. We've met so many fantastic people in this. We've met you know, not only people who we volunteered with, um, but we've met so many wonderful people from different organizations. We did a mm. holiday party for kids in foster care. Um, we did that with Bethany Christian Services. And they were, I mean, everyone, everyone that we worked, Maya at Millvale Gardens. Um, I feel like I, there are so many wonderful people and I'm sorry to everyone if I don't name you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've met the most wonderful people who have, Uh, worked with us and thought through you know different situations and said okay so how can we how can we do this for three-year-olds and have been patient with us and taken the time and we it's just it's just been a wonderful a wonderful experience all around Hmm. thank you so much for coming back on and oh um... thank you for having me yay well i'm so excited to be talking with you Thank you. You as well. Now, I first I should say that Pittsburgh audiences probably know you best as a journalist, specifically with WTAE Channel yes. 4. But today we're actually going to talk a bit about the work you do that maybe listeners aren't as familiar with. And, um, and that'll include your new children's book, which is wonderful. Um, and it's already helping, helping so many kids and their families. We'll talk about your daughter, who's the inspiration for that book. But if we could, could we start off? Can you just please 
tell us a little bit about you, maybe your life pre-journalism, growing up here in the Pittsburgh area? Oh my gosh, yes. Growing up in Pittsburgh, I did what I thought was normal for every Pittsburgh family, which was you'd go watch a game <laughs> like at PNC Park or Heinz Field. Or I was obviously, I'm old enough that I was around with Three Rivers. Yes. Um, but oh man, growing up in Pittsburgh was so special. Uh, and that's why we're back here. I grew up in the North Hills. My parents are both from the North Side. And, um, you know, when they decided to move out of this city, they only went 10 or 15 minutes up the road. <laughs> and uh, I now as an adult and just 10 minutes away from them in McCandless. Um, but we my dad growing up, he was really great about taking us into the city because for a while his mom was still living on the north side. And we get on the bus and we go visit my grandma um, or we go downtown to visit my mom who worked at PPG Place. Oh. And there's just until you leave here, I feel like there's almost in a way like you don't appreciate the city until you leave and then yeah. come back and realize, wow, this is this is pretty great. Yes, I totally agree with that. And each neighborhood has its own story, too. And when I when I worked in news for WTAE, that was really the first time I had a chance to experience neighborhoods um, within this city as an adult. And and you get a lot of perspective and appreciation. And it's just it's it's it was so cool during that period of my life to to meet people who make Pittsburgh what it is. Mm. So true. And well, okay. So speaking of, you know, that part of your life and now is you're in a, I, well, let's say the latest chapter, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so would you like to tell us about that? Your post journalism, you know, journey, if you will. Yeah. So when I left journalism, I really left with the mindset of, I was about to welcome baby number two. I already had a two-year-old at home. And so I thought, I'm just going to give it a year where I stay at home um, with my girls. I know how hard that postpartum phase is. I'm just going to raise my babies and then I'm going to get back into news. That was my grand plan. And then life happened and I had to pivot. <laughs> so um, my youngest, Caroline, she was just one of those babies that cried all the time. And I really felt like I was losing my mind. So I started blogging and I, I turned my social media channels that I had previously used in news to really just a way for me to, they became a way for me to communicate with other women mainly about being a mom and helping me like get through that postpartum phase. And over time, it naturally evolved into a blog that became sponsored through various partnerships. Um, my main one being with Allegheny Health Network Women where I have the chance to use my skills from journalism and interview doctors and patients about anything and everything that has to do with women's health and pediatric health. Hmm. And then you fast forward a few more months and our own family journey kind of became a focal point of the storyline. And that's with my youngest daughter's um, diagnosis of a very rare autoimmune disease called juvenile dermatomyositis. So there was there was something brewing in within her, you know, this whole time, first two years of her life that we weren't, weren't really sure what was going on until that diagnosis came. And that combined with blogging, it's just it kind of ended up being where I am today with talking a lot about pediatric health. Mm. And how how interesting or 
the universe lies or how you think of it, but that you were doing that work and then how your daughter, as you said, it was brewing and, and now how those were dovetailing really. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I didn't want to be that mom though. I mean, Mm. I used to interview parents all the time at children's hospital after they've gone through something scary or tragic. And I'd come home and I'd say to my husband, Oh, we're so lucky. We don't have to go there every day with our child or our children. Mm. Uh, it's not an easy place to be. So I would say selfishly, a lot of this is therapeutic for me. Mm, while, mm-hmm. while I hope it helps others, I also know it's helping myself. Oh, absolutely. And that's self-care, which is good. <laughs> you know, that's important. Exactly. It's important. Uh, so um, would you like to tell us a little bit about Caroline's, what, what I'm going to try to say the name, but no, I'll let you say yeah. it. <laughs> Be honest about that. Oh, I know. Um, when 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 we first got the diagnosis, it was from a dermatologist, a pediatric dermatologist, and I had to have her slow down and spell it out for me so that I could write it down because it's very difficult to say. Um, but yes, are are you wanting to know about juvenile yes. dermatomyositis? So yes, please. On second reference, you can call it JDM. <laughs> that's what ah, it's called good. for short, and that's a lot easier. Um, but so yes, so this is an autoimmune disease, which basically means her body, like her system is attacking itself. And for dermatomyositis, if you break it up into the words derma and myositis, derma is for skin. So it causes skin inflammation and myositis is for muscle where it also causes muscle inflammation. Mm -hmm. So for her, she had a rash on her face, her hands, her knees, her toes, and that rash was very painful. And uh, her muscles were very weak and tired. The doctors would describe it to us as if, um, imagine you just ran a marathon and that's how her body felt all the time. So she needed carried a lot of places, even like the, the muscles in her neck were so weak. She couldn't lift her head off of her shoulder. So she would lie on the couch on a pillow and she just had this little corner spot on our couch for so long because really she was too weak to get up and play. Hmm. My goodness. And especially, and, and imagining you as mom and what you and I mean, your family is going through, what information were you given? I was told it was really rare and not to Google it. And of course, uh. what does any person do? <laughs> oh, you Googled that. <laughs> you Google that. <laughs> so uh, we right away, the dermatologist had sent us for blood work and said, you know, she, to me, this doctor had said she's she's textbook JDM, but you need this blood work and you need to talk to a pediatric rheumatologist and get an MRI and have that full confirmation. So between that day and the day we were actually able to get blood work back and get in with a pediatric rheumatologist, I think that was like over a span of five or six days. I was on the internet nonstop mm-hmm. and uh, I was already starting to uh, find like one or two other families, I think at that time that I connected with to ask questions. Um, And it was scary because you hear these horrific stories about kids just almost deteriorating physically in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of, some of them are responding to medication. Some of them aren't, some of them are reaching remission and some are on these strong medications like a low dose chemotherapy, for example, for 10 to 15 years. And when you have that on your body over time, you're going to have side effects from all those medications. Mm-hmm. So that, that time period was just full of a lot of, a lot of unknown and a lot of fear, mm. a lot of fear. Yeah. 
And moving forward now, thinking about this book and moving, yeah. as you're saying, so full of fear. And now what you're doing, I'm sure is to help eliminate or, or, or yeah. uh, reduce, <laughs> if not, <laughs> right, part of that fear. So please tell us about this book. Yes. Thank you for asking and for even being interested in it because it's been a passion project really since she was diagnosed. So um, one of the main things that she and many other children go through, uh, children who don't even have JDM, I'm talking many other issues like genetic issues, for example, a lot of young children have to get infusions. So for Caroline, she was going to the hospital every four weeks for about two years, getting something called IVIG, which is Um, a medication that goes through her body through an IV to help boost her immune system. But the problem with it is that it runs very slowly. So we would be there initially for like 14, 16 hours having this medication run through her body. And then it comes with side effects. And so as we approached her first and second infusions, I was looking for something to teach her about what she was going to experience. Because keep in mind, she's only two. So I was looking for like Daniel Tiger shows or an Elmo, like Sesame Street book. Mm -hmm. And there were things out there for preparing your child to go to the dentist or the doctor. But I couldn't find anything that talked about getting an IV in your body and having to sit still basically all day while this medicine runs through you. So it really was at that time that I thought somebody needs to create this. (laughs) And then a year later, I was finally, as she's improving um, and and my oldest daughter is doing well, I finally hit the the point where I was like in the right headspace to just sit down and write it. And I did. And so it's a children's book. It's geared for kids ages, you know, one through seven. It's a rhyming book. It's really colorful and positive and uplifting but it's also really honest. So it lets them know, like, this is the tourniquet. This is the IV. Um, but it's just going to be a quick pinch. And then once it's in, okay, we can sit down and, and color or do some puzzles. I just, I try to have a child better understand how an infusion day doesn't have to be so scary. Uh, and I, okay, so I take notes because I read it. I, it's so funny. The two things even that you just mentioned about the yeah. tourniquet and the needle were two things that I jotted down and it's pretty much exactly what you said, but that's um, part of it is that, that what struck me is you don't leave out or, or even gloss over the parts of the day that are uncomfortable. The yeah. tourniquet might be, you know, it's going to be a little tight, but it's quick or the pinch of the needle, but it's quick, but it's, in, it's still in there. So here's what you can expect. And yeah, might be, you know, a little tough, but it's going to be over. That was one of the things that, that really stuck out to me too. And I, Oh, and when you said colorful, it reminded me, your illustrator is your niece. She is the best. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. She is. She started the book when she was 15 and finished it at 16 and she lives in Ohio. So I've always known that she is uh, extremely talented when it comes to her artwork. Um, And so I randomly one day just asked her and said, Hey, I'm going to do this book. Do you want to draw it? And she said, yes. Like it was as simple (laughs) as that. And then we start on this journey and her pictures are coming through and I'm just blown away. I mean, she created a, a hospital scene without have, ever having um, experienced it herself. 
because we wanted her to come to one of the infusion days so that she would better understand what she was going to be drawing about. Mm -hmm. Um, But a pandemic happened. So she wasn't (laughs) allowed in. So I would just send her cell phone pictures. And she found this beautiful way to incorporate um, what you see and feel in a hospital, but make it kind of like kind of in a cartoon version mm-hmm. um, and so colorful. And I'm just it's so vibrant that that to me, that is what makes the book. Oh, it, that, that totally uh, stood out to me, too. It's warm. And also the characters, they're smiling. There are yeah. smiling faces in this book, which I think is effective. You know, that that just that visual of you're thinking about going to a hospital, having to do this. But, you know, there are smiles to be seen the nurse and doctor family, you know. And it's so true. I mean, and and that rings true to what we experience when we go to children's hospital. All of the nurses, those people on the infusion staff, the doctors, everybody is smiling there trying to help your child and make it not so scary. Mm. Um, But there's no way to really, when they're so young and they have such little minds and they have people they don't know touching them and poking them, to them, that's scary. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I wanted this to to provide that balance of like, yes, this is going to happen to you, but it's not going to be that bad. And I, you know, and I was imagining if I were reading it as a child going through any, uh, this procedure or something similar to it. But I think, first of all, just seeing a book that talked about it (laughs) before I even actually read it or it was read to me, just that would let me know. I'm not alone, right? I might be the only person in my family. I might be the only person of the friends that I have doing it. But if there's a book about it, then that means there must be a lot of other people who are going through, you know, in the grand scheme of things are going through it. And so just that sense too, what a gift that is for those kids. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I mean, we all want connection, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking to connect in some form. And so I love that, that this can be that for some of these, for some of these kids. Mm. And I, if I may, I wanted to read, I know you have there, I should say maybe two dedications, but the one, it says, for the kids who are handed a battle to fight and for the brothers and sisters who help them get better, know you are warriors in your own right, brave and loved beyond measure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that just, <laughs> and that, um, it speaks volumes for, I think for what? for lack of a better term, maybe your mission is with this book, but it's for all of, and I love that too, from the beginning. And then of course the next page is for Lily and Caroline. Yeah. I, I get choked up when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's a family issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like this has not impacted just Caroline. It's, it's affected all of us. And I have an older daughter, Lily, she is six and she is so motherly and kind and is always looking out for Caroline Um, But in this world of JDM, you know, we call these children within the foundation, we call them warriors. So you're a warrior when you fight JDM. But to me, like that encompasses the whole family, especially the siblings, because when we go to the hospital or if something isn't right with Caroline, everything gets dropped at home and Mm -hmm. she gets put first because usually it's an extreme medical need. We got to get in the car and go. And then you have another child or children at home who have to pivot and adjust. And Lily has done that with such grace. And so, yeah, I really wanted siblings to be recognized right off the top. 
And in that way too, it is, it's not just a book for the patient. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yes. Um, I even, I heard from a mom recently, she's in her thirties and she has the adult form of dermatomyositis Hmm. and she bought the book for her four-year-old son so that he could understand on a child, on a child's level, what she goes through when she gets infusions. So to your point, I am finding ways, more ways than I actually (laughs) initially thought of, of how the book is helping people um, outside of just the singular patient. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so let's also, now let's talk about how people can get this book or where it is and what that too, I know that in, in Pittsburgh here, you know how Pittsburghers have helped kind of, I don't know if I should say get it off the ground, but. Yes. No, you know. you're right. When you say get it off the ground, <laughs> if it wasn't for the people of Pittsburgh who have been following our story on Facebook and Instagram, um, I don't know how else I would, I would get the word about this out there. They are the mm. ones who have been supporting this. Um, so it is available on Amazon. You can search Caroline's Infusion Day. And the book will show up. Um, But it's also available on my website where I host my blog. And that's kellybrennan412.com. And on that site, that's where I first launched it. And I have the option for you to purchase a copy for yourself or purchase it to be donated. And if it's donated, I keep it here and I get it to children in need, whether that is like an individual family in the Pittsburgh area. I've taken several copies over to the hospital and some pediatric offices, um, but I plan to ship them to many other places throughout the U.S. Uh, so I love we've, had, that. we've had so many people here in Pittsburgh that purchased the donation option. And uh, that has just, that's blown me away. I've been able to get this into schools and into counseling centers. Um, and I wouldn't that's, have yeah. been able to do that without them. That's what I was going to say, because you can choose to donate it to exactly the places you just said or to the children's hospital or, you know, but to the places where kids and families would be able to see it, even if, you know, because even if you don't have someone in your life or someone you know of directly, no, but I can still donate it to those I don't yet know, but who are going to need it. And it's, I know it's going to go where it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been so appreciative of, of people recognizing that and doing it. We, um, my daughter even took it to her elementary school and they put it in the library at her school. Mm. So she gets so proud to see it whenever she has library days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can imagine. Yeah. Wow. And are there any, I know that this is a big question, but any um, specific moments or stories or, you know, folks you've come across, you know, on this journey of Caroline's Infusion Day that really stick out to you? There have been uh, numerous. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say of many of the families that I have met in the infusion center at the hospital um, have stuck out to me because we sit and we'll talk to each other while our children are getting infusions for hours on end. And I'll hear their stories about how they go much more frequently than we do. And um, it puts life into perspective. Even when we walk through those hospital doors and we see other families going different directions to different appointments or tests, my husband and I both realize like, whoa, like even though this has been our heavy thing, 
we still have it so lucky. We're still so fortunate. We get to come home every time with our daughter from that hospital and bring her back home to her own bed. And not everybody else gets to do that. So I feel fortunate that we have that medical help here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel very fortunate that I have been able to find my own network of other parents that I have met along this journey, um, whether they have a child with JDM or not. I just think there's an instant connection between parents when they have had to watch their child go through something that is uh, so scary and so life altering. Mm. And do you have any words of wisdom or advice for families who, whatever they may be dealing with, with a child and they just don't know where to reach out or just to be able to talk to others in similar positions? Do you have any advice for them? I so do. I've blogged about this a couple of times because (laughs) it has been important uh, even for me, for my own survival. Um, I recommend that, first of all, they trust their own instincts. Your gut will not steer you wrong. If you think something is off with your child, lean into that feeling. Number two, journal it. Keep us keep a running schedule of um, how they are behaving, their symptoms, what they're eating, their activity, whatever it is that kind of affects the symptoms that you're seeing. Write that down in a journal so that you can present it to a doctor. Uh, my third piece of advice is to also lean into social media. I know that that can be something that's hard to do and you don't have to share your whole story like I do on social, but you can find other people to connect with. So if you simply search in Facebook or in Instagram, you can find other families going through what you're going through like I did and lean on them to ask questions because there's no one else quite like another mom or dad who understands it that can really answer your questions and help you better understand what's to come on your child's medical journey. Thank you so much, not just for, you know, obviously for talking today, but for, for what you're doing. And as you said, it's, and it is, it's helping you, but how many others that you're helping? Thank you. And thanks for what you're doing. Cause who doesn't love to hear good news? I feel like we need more of this. <laughs> so I love this. I love what you're doing. And I appreciate that you had interest in, you know, my little family is being part of this. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Of course. You're so welcome. So yes, listeners. Okay. It'll be, everything will be in the show notes as well. Oh my gosh. You have to this book. And even and on the back, sorry, I'm just going to keep reading things from you. But <laughs> it, and it also says this book is for any child and their family who bravely conquered treatment days. I love it. Thank you. It's so good. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Hi, Don. Hi, Tressa. How are you today? Oh, I'm just dandy. How are you? <laughs> I'm seems, very good. Thank you. It seems our little chats are happening a little more frequently. They are. Indeed, they are. Mm-hmm. Isn't it delightful? It is. It is. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I like the frequency, you know, because we've established with um, the listeners that we don't actually speak in between. Right. So it's it's, right. it's so, helpful. I. I feel like I, I, I get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, it has to be good for the marriage. Sure. Or not. Wait. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, it, you know, but it, who it's great for is these neighborhoods. It sure is, John. Yeah. Well said. I With that so. said, I know that was wonderful. Should we should we just get into it then? I, I'm I'm game if you are. I sure am, and you're going to be so happy to know that there are five statements of fact. That is five tastic fact tastic. Oh. oh, the neighborhoods from which you are choosing are Bridgeville and McCandless. Huh. Okay. Yes. Now, and and McCandless, I didn't realize this till I know I know that McCandless has been on name that neighborhood before, but I didn't realize this is the third go round. Wow. Yeah. There's which little... uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's Me? for the person who's has to establish the facts for the game. Um, uh-huh. That's got to be increasingly difficult to find new things or not. I mean, McCandless very well may be a, a fount of fun facts. <laughs> and alliteration. No, I will go with it that it, it, it does get trickier, but I soldiered through. I believe in you. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. So let's get to it, shall we? We shall. Number one, in 1912, the Sisters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, later known as the Vincentian Sisters of Charity, purchased land in this neighborhood on which they would later found a high school. McCandless. You were ready for that. Mm -hmm. You are correct. Mm -hmm. It is McCandless. Mm -hmm. So uh, in... 1912, so that land they purchased was right there at McKnight and Peebles Roads, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Here's how it all happened, shall we? We shall. Mm, The Sisters of Charity were, okay, first of all, their mission, they were dedicated to the work of God in both teaching and ministering to the sick. In 1902, a small group of these sisters emigrated to the U.S. from Austria-Hungary at the request of a priest at St. Michael's in Braddock, Pennsylvania. Their mission, you may be wondering, let me tell you, <laughs> was to come here to Pittsburgh to minister specifically to the large number of recent Slovak immigrants. And if you don't know, the well, the, Pittsburgh actually has more Slovaks than any other region of the entire United States. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, and actually the first, how many times can I say actually? Uh, um, we'll keep counting. Well, a few more. The first wave of Slovak immigration began in the 1890s and went through the early years of the 20th century. So the sisters arrived here, started teaching at St. Michael's, and eventually they expanded into the area north of the city known as McCandless. Their mother house was dedicated in 1915. That complex is still located there at McKnight Road, and they founded Vincentian High School in 1932, and it was originally a school for young women who aspired to religious life. Wow. Yeah. So I know where that is. I would not have considered that to be McCandless, so I guess McCandless is further reaching than I even thought. Agreed. It's tricky. It's one of those, this has come up a few times here, when I know we talk about it like Allison Park and Hampton, because mm-hmm. it's that there's the, the crossover there, but yes, technically, because part of it too, yeah, it's and as far as especially in certain portions, how they name certain towns slash boroughs slash regions that fall under other things. Gotcha. Well done, Don. Let's go to number two. Okie doke. 
James and Joseph Flannery founded the American Vanadium Company in this neighborhood in 1906, where they began producing vanadium steel. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's off of Vanadium Road in Bridgeville. You're so good. <laughs> You're so good. So I didn't know that. I, too, made that connection to the road in Bridgeville, but didn't know. Did you know about the company? I did not. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back a little. Let's go to 1904. In the Wayback Machine. Woo woo. The brothers Flannery, as I like to call them, mm -hmm. acquired rights to a patent for stables, which were a key component of locomotive boilers. Maybe still are. And then uh, they founded the Flannery Bolt Company. And it was during the process of manufacturing these stables that they realized the advantage of using vanadium steel which was, or is, <laughs> I assume, mm -hmm. uh, a very strong grade of steel that has a tiny amount of vanadium alloyed into it. So then they went into the vanadium production business. P.S. Mm -hmm. Postscript. <laughs> thank you. They would go on to found the Standard Chemical Company, which we have featured right here on Name That Neighborhood. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. It was the first commercial producer of radium in the U.S. And Marie Curie visited that company, and they gave her one gram of radium for her research. And we talked about that in an episode. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're two for two. Let's keep it going. Number three. A heritage center opened in this neighborhood in 2017 in the form of a one-room schoolhouse and students from the local A.W. Beatty Career Center helped build it. Hmm. Well, this one could go either way. Let's, uh, let's try Bridgeville. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. It is McCandless, and that A.W. Beatty Career Center... They have a few locations in the northern hills of the city. But the McCandless Northern Allegheny Heritage Center opened in May 2017. It was formed to house the collection of local history buff Joseph Bullock. I love this. Joe was a lifelong resident of the Wexford area and was an employee of the North Allegheny School District for 40 years. And for more than 20 years, he collected pieces of North Hills history and other memorabilia. Hmm. And it was in 2014 when the town of McCandless and the North Allegheny School District launched a collaborative effort to create a history center for all of Joe's stuff. The community has been very supportive, donating countless hours and materials and hours-wise, including those A.W. Beatty Career Center students. And town manager Toby Kordek said... Quote, with all the spirit that Joe Bullock has put into collecting these items for the community, the community had to respond, and the town stepped up to provide a permanent home. End quote. Hmm. I think that's pretty cool. It is very cool. Yes, and he, uh, so yes, it opened in, in May 17, and Joe was here to see it. He passed away two years later at 87. Wow. But he was here to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see a community do that when they, you know, when they, Rally they learn. Around. Yeah, yeah, someone who is, and he was doing it because he wanted to, you know, for generations to come, mm -hmm. have specific pieces of history in the, from mm -hmm. that North Hills area. Preserve the past. Exactly. Nice. Number four. In 1919, 
C.P. Mayer acquired 60 acres of flat land on top of a hill in this neighborhood, laid out two unpaved runways, and erected two small hangars, thus creating the first commercial airport west of the Allegheny Mountains. Bridgeville. Oh, you were ready for that one. You are correct. Mm. It was called Mayer Airfield appropriately. Mm -hmm. And apparently Mr. Mayer was quite the go-getter. At this time, his accomplishments had already included the Bridgeville uh, coal mine, a prosperous general store, a lumber supplies company, a newspaper, a prominent brick company, and a land development company that produced a major industrial park. He's a little bit of a jack of all trades there. Wasn't he though? Uh, But back to the airport. So it's believed that the first plane to be headquartered there was a Curtis JN4 Jenny biplane because the U.S. Postal Service chose to use Jenny's when they started air mail service and Mayor Field was the original air mail delivery site for the Pittsburgh area. Hmm. Cool. Right there. Right there. All right. We're going to go to it, right? Yeah. Number five. How are you feeling? I feel great. Awesome. How are you feeling? feeling wonderful don thank you for asking sure i don't feel like we ask you enough questions or statements of fact mm, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> i won't start today i'm not prepared <laughs> number five special quote movie trains and quote shoppers trains used to operate in this neighborhood to take residents into pittsburgh for an evening or a morning out bridgeville Well done. Yeah, so the movie train departed at 7.10 p.m. And the shopper's train left the station at 10 a.m. Now, I don't have exact dates here, but obviously we're talking about the era when trains were really the only method of getting into the city to do those things. Uh Uh, And how about this? Even for emergency trips to the hospital. So a patient would be loaded by stretcher onto a train's baggage car and catch a ride to the hospital that way. Wow. Yeah. 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 They must have brought a lot of baggage with them as patients. Oh, there it is. Now, was this a precursor maybe to the T? I don't know, because the South Hills, the T really only services the South Hills. Yeah. So. That's a great question. Oh. Or even just the idea of it, you know, even though once automobiles and all of that became more prominent but yeah maybe that idea was was stuck in there that there used to be those trains that got people into the city yeah although i don't think the t goes to bridgeville no you're right oh well how do you don it's it's four for five yeah and this is tricky every week i know i know (laughs) believe me (laughs) <laughs> well, listeners, you know, the offer is still, I mean, I assume, Don, unless you've really claimed it now as your own. Oh, no. You can have a, another guest anytime. <laughs> um, listeners, you know, come on. Send us an email if you want to see how you can do here, as others have done before. But, Don, we love having you on, and we appreciate it. Oh, Tressa, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate being here. Aww. It's a, a pleasure to be asked. We'll talk to you soon, Don. Yeah, next week, probably. Mm, Probably. Okay. Okay. And that 
is going to do it for us here. Do it for episode 41 of Yins Are Good. Thank you again to Cami T. Coach of Volantat and to Kelly Brennan, her book, Caroline's Infusion Day. Thank you for all of the good that you're doing. Listeners, please do be sure to check our show notes to learn how to get in touch with, to learn more about them. And you know what I'm going to say. We want to learn more about you. So please, if you have a story of kindness, of goodness to share, if you want to tell us about someone who makes your life better, who has made your life better, maybe you want to share uh, this list of things that make you happy or a list of things that you're grateful for that I talked about at the top of the show. You can email us, yinsaregood at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail on our automated line, 1-833-399-GOOD. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thank yous to the Corcoran Collective. John D. Julio, and as always, for our most fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino. <laughs> <laughs>